there was a part of me. Okay, so the only thing that I was disappointed about in chapter 16 was that Cobb Vanth wasn't involved. Because I was like, oh, for sure, <laughs> Favreau and Filoni. I, this is like a Hail Mary. Just for me, guys, you got to bring Cobb Vanth Can in. I tell you that I sat there through the whole chapter 16 with a chip on my shoulder? Like, if Cobb Vanth didn't make this worth it, I got to yell at Andy about this for a whole year. That was definitely and- a thought in my mind. Because you talked me into like, no, you wait. They'll bring back Cobb Vanth. And I'm like, why? There's no point. He's stupid. And they didn't. <laughs> right I hope they brought him back had him act a whole episode and edited him completely out. Just be like, oh, what were we thinking? If we could, we'd take back episode nine or chapter nine right now. Maybe he was Gene's guy. Yeah, that's true. In the siege? (laughs) (laughs) We'll never know. I would rather than bring back the guy from the siege in chapter 16 than (laughs) Kyle. Yeah, and, and... And so then I was, I was like, oh, this is like one of those things where you're like, you know, you're going to take your lumps. And when that, you know, I love, yeah. loved it, loved it. But I'm like, oh, Aaron's, Aaron's going to have, Aaron's going to have a few things to say. Uh, How great would it be if like, cause like, you know, everybody, like the whole band gets back together at the end of every season. Yeah. Is if when, uh, at the end, when they're going down the hallway and that big action sequence is happening, if Gene's guy runs across real fast, just all scared. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Guys, is this the way? Welcome to the Mandalorian podcast where I stumbled through the whole episode, but we somehow explain it and people yeah. somehow enjoy it. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We've only said that twice this whole time. And uh, I mean it every time. Even on the episodes I don't say it, I think it, and I hope that you feel it in your heart and do that. Uh, at the very least, you guys should go and read the reviews that we got on iTunes because they're yes. hilarious. I won't they're tell you amazing. what they are. I'm going to make you read them. Hilarious. Yeah. Okay, and thank you guys for uh, doing that, by the way. That's really funny. So, chapter 16, The Rescue. Yes. That's where we're at. It's directed by Peyton Reed, the director of the Ant-Man movies. Heck and yeah. uh, it starts off. It starts off with Slave One chasing an Imperial shuttle. We first saw the Imperial shuttle in Empire Strikes Back. They use an ion cannon, which we also first saw in Empire Strikes Back, that disables all the electricity in yeah. the place. So it just disables it. And then we get Boba Fett, who, by the way, great pilot. We never knew how great of a pilot he was, but he's, yeah. his pilot skills have come into play two episodes in a row now. Excellent pilot. Uh, tells everyone that they're coming on board, and Dan and Kara come on board, and they see that there is a clone engineer in there, and he's held hostage by two of these kind of like, they're kind of like Imperial PAs. Like, they look pretty low-ranking. Yeah, they're really, they don't really... They're really frumpy, kind of. Like, not yeah. what you would normally expect, right? Like, you know, like, when you get a job and there's, like, the new guy uh, talking to the guy that's been there for five years and the guy's like, well, yeah, this place isn't so great, but he still works there for five years? Yeah. You kind of got two of those. And, but there's uh, some good conversation and banter with him and Cara Dune. We learn yeah. about uh, the tier. Now, yep. I've noticed this from the beginning. Yes. She has a rebellion logo, like, yep. or a place where a tear tattoo would be if she was a thug. Yes. And I just thought it was a cool little thing. Turns out that meant that she's from Alderaan. And yeah, that is what they do. Yeah, Tears of Alderaan, right? That's a that's a reference as well, right? And and so that was uh that's a lot was a long time coming, right? And and yeah, you know, you do notice it. She you do get enough close ups in season one to notice it. Um yeah, and, I noticed and, it in season one. Yeah. But it was great that they like acknowledged it. This guy recognized that he tried to use it against her to like emotionally totally. yeah yeah 
in which she came back with the great line of uh, which Death Star was was he on? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, he was on the Death Star. Uh, yeah, he one, was. Right? Yeah, exactly. Which one? Great line. And then he goes back with uh, there were millions of them killed, which Andy and I are both big Clerks fans. Yes. And so I was kind of happy to see them nod that as, of course, that is part of the canon. Totally. But it is interesting to watch that become a part of what they're actually talking to each other about. Independent contractors, as Randall laid out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> doing their job. But also, as laid out by the random person in the convenience store, you know what you're getting into, and you know that there's some, what is it, like a, some danger involved. Yeah, there's got to be some danger involved. So the, and, and the, the other thing that I thought was really interesting is, so for to, to in essence, do a callback to uh, chapter eight in season one, um, uh, Cara Dune has, uh, she has a, that Imperial dropper, or at least what that armband is, is interpreted as is Imperial, mm -hmm. or, or I mean, sorry, a rebel dropper that Imperials recognize, I guess, was what I was tripping over. And, uh, and so she covers that up. Um, or there, you know, there's a point where there she's trying to sort of disguise her sort of background, but in this, at this beginning, you know, to the right, someone with the right kind of eyes is going to see that tear and know what that mm -hmm. is. So the For question, sure. you know, not to get us too far off, but the question then is, is, uh, was Captain Carson Tiva like not hip to that, uh, in, Oh, I mean, he was asking her about Alderaan. He knew she was an yeah. Alderaan, but it was like, you know, he was, you know, how, you know, did you have anybody there? And then it's like, oh, all, all you know, like a bit, a bit punching when she's down, kind but of. But you a, know what? If you've ever met a recruiter, like specifically a military recruiter, yeah, they okay. definitely notice those things and play into those things to try to recruit you. Yeah, so I'm taken. not going to take all that right. away from him. He probably knew that exactly and was like, I'm using this to manipulate. Perfect, uh, so perfect. they end up taking over the Imperial shuttle after there was a mishap and everyone dies except for the clone engineer, who also, yes. by the way, still has his clone engineer logo. Yep, Dr. Pershing. That's right. Uh, they got the same doctor from the earlier episode, which is great because he recognized the characters and they recognized him. Andy, go ahead. Yeah, just before we move on, uh, uh, you know, before they before they actually uh, when the, the Lambda shuttle is is disabled, there is a there there is a sort of weird, creepy, uh, almost uh, top gun level uh, reference of the slave one flying inverted over mm -hmm. uh over the the cockpit canopy of it sort of like they want to make sure that pershing's there maybe but it was just this like kind of weird slow like okay we're gonna make this super awkward uh and i just you know, took it as total intimidation yeah in for sure for sure intimidation but in in my mind the first thing i heard was goose and like inverted you know, they're flying inverted <laughs> from uh, the beginning of For Top sure. Gun. And yeah, just... I forgot about that scene, but that's that's exactly, that's hilarious. <laughs> and so then uh, they take this Imperial shuttle with them along the ride. They have now have two vehicles. Yep. Brilliant. They go and meet up with uh, Cara Dune. I don't know how they know her location, but they know exactly which bar she's at. With oh, the, no, no. Uh, they, the had, they had Cara Dune with their landing party. I'm sorry. Um, I said yeah, the wrong yeah. name. Totally they knew exactly fine. where she was. I was thinking Bo-Katan. My yes. apologies. So they met up with Bo-Katan at a bar uh, with one of the night owls. It's the yep. Sasha Banks is back again for another episode. Yep. Costa. I don't know. They got rid of the dude. Yep. Now who they, they got, got rid two. of their Eric Erlinson uh, from the night owls. And, and it's exactly. just Casca and Bo-Katan. 
Yeah, and Din comes up to be like, I want you to be a part of this mission. And she has no interest, but then she finds out that he knows the location of the moth. Yeah. Like the, the don't hassle the moth came up. Yeah, I was like, man. oh, we're calling him the moth now? We have a really cool little weird name for him. Well, uh, and, and here Din is walking up with Intel on this hard one, uh-huh. thanks to him removing his helmet. And and she sort of like is like brushes him off, like you'll never find him. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and, when it was like, oh, you actually know, kind of got a little in on there. But there was some w- words back and forth between uh, Bo-Katan and Boba Fett. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. So, the, you know, I've heard your voice a thousand times, um, you know, worthwhile mm-hmm. for fans that went ahead and watched uh, season seven of Clone Wars. Right. So we get yeah. a little bit of, of that action connecting there. And then the, the really interesting aspect is is that they would label him a disgrace. Um, so I guess the, the we didn't talk or we didn't hone in on this, but you had kind of called a nod to it and we just didn't pull on the thread about the fact that Django had fought in the Mandalorian Civil War. Yeah, uh, sure. in, in, in wars more more uh, appropriately. But I, I think what was really nice in the disagreement between Bo and Boba and Casca uh, was was it pointing out this uh, this rivalry between the clans or and and therefore between the houses within uh, Mandalore. Um, so to be able to see a little bit of of that um, play out, well, yeah, I think they all kind of helps for creeds. Yeah, That's yeah. Part of what makes it so fascinating <clears throat> is that it's just like. Oh, like she's plays by a different set of rules than Din, yep. and then yep. Boba Fett's outside of all of them, which he's very much stated. But because of that, these other ones are like, well, my creed has a meaning, yeah. and so therefore, you without one is without honor, and uh, led to a nice little back and forth between Boba Fett and I'm going to keep calling her Sasha Banks because that's what that's, I say in my head. Yeah, that, that's fine. And she makes a great reference to a uh, talking through a window of a Banta tank, which I had to. Google Back to- immediately recognized it yep. as the, the tank that had the liquid substance that Luke Skywalker was floating in an empire after the attack. Also, and Darth, so you're like, Darth in, yeah. uh, um, Darth in uh, Rogue One. Yeah, for sure. And I want to say, didn't Finn in the last... Uh, yeah, he had. Well, I mean, it was. it's back to their using, right? There's something yeah. that comes up in the video games all the time where you know, it's a Which, healing solution. Which, by the solution. way, IG-11 also used it on the head of Din in episode... Uh, yeah, very good. Very good. Season one. Yeah. I rewatched that today because I wanted to see something about uh, about the baby and the face. We'll get to that later. Yes. But uh, she also lays down a pretty sweet little DDT on him. I was excited to see a wrestling was, move finally I, show up. I was up. just going to say, man, there was, there's some amazing little wrestling moves in here. I liked the jetpack assist mm-hmm. on the on the run up the side of that pillar. That was also the you know, super cool move. Uh, she, she also had uh, the most amazing neg to to boba when he talks right when she said i don't know i didn't realize sidekicks could talk right i thought that yeah, was exactly amazing giving your uh comment about you know she's not going to get a lot of lines <laughs> yeah <laughs> when we well, talked yeah, the the thing was like she was the sidekick yeah which is what he sort of said back in the star wars talk is like oh it takes one to know one yeah. but yeah didn't know sidekicks could talk it's like she almost speaks for the actors union you know, where she's just like, hey, you're going to too many lines. We can't get you on the insurance, buddy. We can't afford it. So cut it out with the talk. <laughs> I was actually waiting for her to pull out with the bank statement. That's her closer. That's her like signature oh. finisher. 
Because mostly when wrestlers show up in these stupid little one-off TV shows, and I'm saying stupid not because Mandalorian's stupid, because I'm specifically thinking of when HPK was on Pacific Blue on the USA Network, that they always pull out with like their signature move. She did not. I appreciate that. You know, we got to stay. The DDT is not is the Night Owl's finisher move, not Sasha Banks. I get it. She's in her role, man. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) But after that. They decide it's time to meet up, team up. I do like to mention uh, that when they walked into the bar, it was crowded. I did not see a mass exodus, but by the time they started fist fighting, even the bartender had left. Yeah, Everyone had like, left. You know, kind of like moving out, right? That like little side, quiet side, you know, like time to get out of here. Which also makes me wonder if you're in a bar and you see two Mandalorians and then two more Mandalorians show up, would you just be like, yeah, I'd leave. we need to head out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yo, something's <laughs> about to happen. Especially yeah. when like there's any tense, like they didn't sit down and they're talking. You're like, oh yeah, 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 we got to get out of here now. So yeah, much so I the would... bartender's like, guys, just everyone, let's just go outside and we'll just I see just, what happens when they leave. I just put my Mon Cal currency on the thing and push it over and leave. I'd be out. <laughs> yeah, whatever you have, you just yeah. break off a piece of your staff and go. Yeah. Uh, so they go up. There's a this scene where they make a plan. The clone engineer talks a little bit about. Uh, something like there's any anything notable to me this is mostly exposition for the episode yeah so so the i guess the most notable thing for me is is there was clearly not a lot in it for dr pershing to help them but Mm -hmm. for for, you know maybe it's because he wanted them to save the child right and so i i that's my that's, that's that's the best explanation that i had but so pershing gives a lot of inside info um and in essence, telling them about or, you know, tipping their hand on the clone troopers, which is a, was a little sloppy, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. you know, they they at least um, they at least saw them them leave. But the the bit of information. So, you know, Din does acknowledge, OK, yeah, there were dark troopers, but he actually thought they were an earlier phase. And so Pershing gives us tips our hand on the dark. Trooper yeah, exactly. Project. It's, it's like a stage three. It's the stage uh, three. Trooper. Yep. And Fully then. Yep, fully droid. And so Din knows, Din at least knows enough to know about them being kind of that exosuit, a little bit of a, you know, the mm-hmm. Star Wars version of uh, the Iron Man suit. And so we do get this idea that it's it's the third generation. Um, and the, the notable thing, at least from a story and suspense perspective, is they're not always powered on. So, you know, in, in essence, you know, if there's an yeah, element exactly. of a surprise, then, you know, there's a chance that you can actually hit them before they're able to do that. And then For sure. Inter- and the, the big exposition of that was, or the scene is that, that it takes a couple minutes and that Cara yep. Dune needs to have Moff Gideon alive for what yeah. she needs. Well, and she wants Moff Gideon alive. And so we start to then hint at everybody has kind of slightly, they have their interest in this group effort, right? Mm-hmm. And Din is very, very clear. I have one priority and one priority only, and that's great. Yeah, the kid. And then Cara yeah. Dune wants Moff Gideon alive. And then Bo-Katan wants to fight Moff Gideon because she wants that Darksaber. Yeah. And and we, we will come back to that. But the you know in essence, she's calling out that you know this is the reason I'm there. Mm-hmm. Bo-Katan, the sweetened part for of the deal for Bo-Katan is that she's going to keep the light cruiser or in other words, you know, she's, she's continuing mm. to acquire more things. Right. So if you're starting sure. to look at like whose interests, you know, everybody has some sort of interest. It did not even occur to me that there's nobody left surviving on that ship. Someone gets to keep the light cruiser. 
Yes, someone gets to keep that. And so this is is in essence sort of salvage. And then you you have Boba, you have Boba and Fennec, but they're there on behalf of Din in order to, to mm-hmm. repay that debt. So they're really in his service. So I thought it was interesting that that sort of each of the players has something kind of to benefit from that. Um, For sure. And then just a quick side, you know, they one of these things where um so so I know how much you love the the props angle of this, but we've always seen always. these these metal cylinders um, in Imperial officers, sort of their version of like um, their uh, uniforms pocket like, protector. Yeah. It looks like a pocket and, protector. It looks like just like metal pens without any ink. And and so you know, I just it's one of these things where uh, there's this famous quote my brother said about the about the Subaru engineers, and you know they they have this they have this. They have this scoop on the front of their cars and and they're they're blocked. It doesn't it doesn't let any air in. And they asked one of the mm-hmm. engineers, like, well, what does it do? And he's like, and the engineer's response legit to Auto Week was it looks cool. And and so I had always explained that these cylinders that we see, they're they just they look cool. They you know, they look like military things of some sort. Sure. But the code cylinder has played an important role throughout this season. And so they snag Dr. Pershing's code cylinder and, and that's going to be one of the ways they're hoping to shut down the dark troopers before they're actually powered on and fully online. So I just thought that was one of these things where if you're if it, if you're not watching, you know, may have like there's so much action in in this mm-hmm. that you may miss these little bits where they're weaving in these details for the. But that's also props. like part of the beauty of this series is all those things that were literally just filler because I'm sure that that was created just as texture on the uniform to look mil- military-ish. And here we are, 40 years later, and like let's figure out natural use for this to become a thing that makes sense. Well, and it's hilarious because the panels have these little circular spots where they can fit, right? And so now, mm-hmm. now I'm see now that I've noticed that I'm seeing them in places like more than mm-hmm. just the astromech, you know, circular uh, sort of spinning access port. So for sure. So anyway, um, and so then they go and they fake like a dog attack with the ships they get. They come out of warp speed. The Imperial shuttle's acting like it's being attacked by slave one. We now know he's an excellent pilot and an excellent gunman. So all of his shots are misses on purpose, but it's enough to, I mean, just to speed up this summary, it's enough to, to trick them into allowing them to kind of crash land, even though they were rejected from the crash landing, they were pushing ahead and got it anyways. We got classic TIE fighters, but the most interesting thing about that for the star Wars nerds like us and the historians is we got to see a TIE fighter come out of dock and into flight. Yes, because we know that they park against the wall, but we never quite got to see how they got out to be so straight. And so it's like this big, long arm, which was which is fun. It kind of explains itself. And and then we get the four women coming out to just wreak havoc on all of the stormtroopers that are there. Super cool that it was four women that we didn't stop and nod and go. Did you notice it was four women? Yeah. You know, like. It was just like, no, these are the people we have on board that are going to be our first wave. And they each kind of have their own little signature difference of how they attack people. And they're just taking out stormtroopers. Classic Star Wars. Uh, the neck dodge was pretty cool, a la Harrison Ford. Yeah. You know, like Harrison Ford is probably the greatest fake fighting actor I've ever seen in my life. Like the way he takes punches, the way he dodges punches or just like acts like he's getting hurt by everything. You know, like, and there's, so there's a little bit of that. Really happy to see that. The dark troopers are now activated. And, uh, and we see Din come out and start to go down the hallway because he's going to stop those dark troopers. During that time, 
we see a Death Star protocol droid. Yeah, we, we did. Have, uh, and it's the first time we've seen one off of a Death Star, as far as I know. Yeah, um, there there are a few appearances, and I I'm forgetting what. Never the... a powered up one. There's always there's been a couple like just kind of away as like props, but yeah. it was cool to see like a prop that, that was made in '77 show up now, just walking around, just as a little more filler. That's the kind of stuff I like. You know, well, like and, I'm the one looking for the mouse droids. In all the frames, I don't know if this is I don't know if the, the frames that they pull up and use as their episode frames are the same in the in the streaming app, but the mm-hmm. that droid is the frame is the frame in my thing for it's this for mine, episode. It's for mine too. And I saw okay, that and all I right. because I was like, that's there's no way this character is gonna have a lot of lines. This is completely yeah. an extra. And I was it like, is oh, like man. the guy with the jeans and the green shirt. Oh, it's like it's as amazing. Should think I know it was really funny, but you know what? They want to give nothing away. So it's pretty smart of them. <laughs> so the perfect, it's the perfect frame then. <laughs> exactly. So Din gets to the point where he gets to the dark troopers, closes the door. I already heard someone make a joke about like, why would there be a switch right there that opens up that lets all the dark troopers out into space? But that's how they've been launching them after they've been yeah. activated, like we saw just a couple episodes earlier. So I thought that was brilliant. And, and it's exact it's or it's at least if you look at the when they're doing their planning and you look at the episode um in uh the in uh gosh now i've already forgotten that so in that episode that's where they deploy from on the ship yeah exactly it's, it's that exact location well yeah and what's also that exact light cruiser so it's exactly that yeah and i so thought it was great that there was that manual switch in case yep. something didn't happen but of course we saw that they're a little smarter than the average uh droid we've dealt with Yes. One of them tries their way open, comes on through, and fist fights uh, Din. And I thought he was uh, a little done for, oh, especially man. as I was watching him just take those punches straight to the face. He was getting like one of those up. Oh, it was like an early Mike Tyson fight where you're just like, oh, this one guy is definitely way more suited. And he, they definitely showed he went through all of his weapons first. Yep. Uh, they were like, will the fire work? No. Will the darts work? No. And then he gets to the best car staff that helps him take the head off of the one and launch them all into space. Pretty and cool way to show that he's really doesn't have a fighting chance against two, barely yeah. has against one. And especially since he's been the badass one this whole time, which uh, I thought it was cool to have a little open the gates moment, you know, like, and we, then we got our first dank ferret. Yep. Which uh, I've been just keeping count of for no reason. And and son of a mud scruffer, that was yeah. uh, that was the combo, the Dank Ferric son of a mud scruffer, uh, which was I, used in like season two, episode two earlier, yeah, uh, with Amy Sedaris's character. So that was also I like these these it's fake just, swears. Yeah, man, it's like a you know there there's little swears in different ones like mm-hmm. Carabast. Uh, Carabast was the one that you heard most in in Rebels, for so. sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, like it to me, it's just very Firefly, you know. Like yeah. they had their own little thing. <laughs> and uh, the ladies reach the bridge; they kill everyone on there. This is the confusing part to me because they're like, "Oh no, Moff Gideon! Wonder where he is." It's like, well, I think there's only one guest left. Yeah. If you guys ran through the whole light cruiser and killed people, they didn't have to just stand there and wait, you know. Like they also had all the security around that we saw them look through later in the episode, and so you're like, well. Okay, so, so storyline-wise, they just stay on the bridge. And and so they did little... There's a little hint to why they stayed on the bridge in, in that initial plan, which is that they made this center pass through the decks. And That's so, true. 
if they were to go back in, then they're running the risk of being being in, to encounter more troops because they don't they don't really know how many are on uh, on the light cruiser. So True. But, and they did say meet at the bridge, and so they've yes. conquered the bridge, mm-hmm. and that's when Din walks into the child's room, and we see exactly what we thought we were going to see: Moff Gideon yep. with the dark saber out, and. I, we saw exactly what every fan theory had of like, as soon as that best car staff showed up, they're like, Oh, yeah. he's going to fight uh, with that. I wanted to say there was something that he said in his. Speech. So he's, he says uh, the one thing that for me, while you're, while you're looking and uh, mm-hmm. for that, the, the thing I loved about him as a villain here was assume I know everything. And so he's mm-hmm. just, call, he's calling out these things like the Din used the whistling birds on the dark trooper that he had to face. So he yeah. knows that he doesn't have that. And, and just this idea that the ISB part, right. The Imperial security bureau side of Moff Gideon is starting to come up. And so the, the notion that he knows that Bo-Katan is there um, where, you know, in essence, where Din is right. And that's a little bit of that kind of like, who is this guy? Like, how does he know that? Um, You know, we know he's not. I was curious about source sensitivity with that too, because he definitely knew who was where. And he like had a pretty good idea that, uh, Katan was on board. He yeah. didn't directly say it, but he also did everything short of. He lets yeah. you know that, like, he knows that if she's not on board right now, she's definitely close enough that it doesn't matter. Uh, they also talked a little bit about the meaning of the dark saber being like, like King Arthur and the sword. Like, whoever yeah. wields this, it's more than just having a sword. You now are on top of a throne. You are now the leader of something bigger than just this sword, which I want to bring up later when we get to the bridge. Totally. There's something much bigger with that. Uh, And we watch him put the sword down, make the deal for him to grab the child and then attack him from behind, which if you've watched any samurai movies is very dishonorable. There is nothing more like villain that you can do than start an attack with somebody at their back after you've reached a truce agreement. So I thought that was a nice little nod to just samurai culture and samurai movies. And then we saw a great fight scene. There's not much history to talk about with that, except that, uh, of course, Moff Gideon lost. Then now there's a slight, there's a, there's a slight um, sci-fi or there's a slight effect in there that I thought was really, really helped drive home the the point of that being a pure Beskar staff, which is, Oh, is it, it heats up? It's everywhere. The dark saber hits it, right? It's heating it mm-hmm. up. And so then you notice that the din, um, the din is in essence, like moving where, moving where he's making contact with the spear, knowing mm-hmm. that that heating up, it could cause him problems. And yeah, you know, like, that that to me was just this like you know small special effect, but um, beautifully woven into all the things that we've heard. Oh, for about sure. No, I definitely character. noticed that and was like, what a great thing. Yeah. Also, the cutting up of the walls. Yes, that we've was never so seen cool. that in other like lightsaber battles. People have talked about a bunch. We've seen them melt the doors and stuff, but to watch yeah. it just cut through a wall shows how much stronger it is than their ship. But also, they've really driven home how strong Beskar is, which is yeah. why it's clearly so valuable. So then we get to the point that now he's shackled and he, now Din brings him on to the bridge. Yes. This is when the majority of the history really shows up for the Darksaber. 
because Din just thinks he's just going to hand it over to Bo-Katan. Totally. And Moff Gideon's like, oh, no, it's not that easy, which is when I now realize that he lost on purpose. Yes. He attacked him from behind specifically because he knew he needed to heat up Din to lose the fight to get the Darksaber to Din because then the Darksaber is definitely not going to Bo-Katan's hands. It was all to screw over Bo-Katan for him. And you see this had, just like masterful move of like, oh, this is the mastermind villainy of Moff Gideon. Yeah. Right? Oh, what a great chess move it is. So many moves ahead. Oh, you want the queen? Go ahead and grab the queen or the child in this instance. Yeah. But I'm going to take your other pieces away because you think this is going to be easy to walk off the ship with this. Now you're going to be hunted for this as well. No one cares about your child. You've put yourself in this terrible situation because all you want to do is get to this baby. And, and, and so... The play on that, John, you know, uh, John Car- um, Carlo Esposito's play on that was just masterful of just like how much, mm-hmm. like how much the, you know, you fell victim for, uh, you know, this classic blunder. And, and now he yeah. is all about that. Um, just, a, just a quick aside. So, so how Bo-Katan, so in, we can, we can table this and come back, but how Bo-Katan came into possession of the Darksaber it makes all of that even better, which is... I know a little bit about this. This is yes. Sabine gave it to her. Yes. And it wasn't through a battle. And because yes. of that, she didn't get the amount of respect she should have or would have had she got it rightfully through battle. Yes. Which is why she actually cares about getting it the right way. Exactly. So, and yeah. that's... And, that, and just a quick nod for, for folks. Uh, so you, you could, you could knowing what you know um, after two seasons of The Mandalorian, you could go watch just season, uh, season four, episodes one and two. And that's Heroes of Mandalore. It's a two-parter. And it's, it has this, uh, this sequence in it where, where Sabine hands, the, hands over um, the Darksaber. And she accepts it on behalf of her sister and everyone in front mm-hmm. of the gathered clans and houses um, that were part of that sort of season. And then um, just as an aside to drive it even further home, when when Sabine comes into possession of it in season three, she, she basically tells her mom and her mom is like, well, then you, you know, like she originally is like, well, did you win it in battle? And then she's like, no, mm-hmm. I just got it. And, and then her mom is like, well, then you have no claim. And so, the, you know, like that, um, and I think that's mm-hmm. maybe episode 15 and 16 in season three. But so, so the, you know, the point about it coming, it's the story, right? And that's what Moff Yeah, in fact, really- Moff's direct quote that I wrote down is the saber doesn't have power, the story does. Yes. Now, also, if you're Bo-Katan and you've already received it just as a gift, per se, yes. you can't be in power of this thing twice as a gift. Like it would be incredibly dishonorable. All of the stuff, the shame she tried to throw Boba Fett's way, she would now be much more shameful of a Mandalorian. And she's not only just part of a Mandalorian, she's of a very proud night out. Very proud, right? Yeah, exactly. Which was great. I love that that's how that started to wrap up. And that's what, yeah, through all that, I was like, oh, Moff is so smart. What a great villain. Uh, and then, of course, on the radar, they see that the dark troopers are now returning and they are mad and they yeah. line up against the door and start to punch the door like a teenage boy who just got dumped for the first time <laughs> and just just going as if they're trying to hurt their knuckles. And then all of a sudden we see uh, an X-Wing. 
single X-Wing with that One delightful X-Wing. X-Wing sound. Absolutely. And so I was like, okay, cool. This must be the Jedi we're waiting for, right? Um, I mean, I if you're listening to this, you know where this is going. So I'm going to ask Andy this precursor yeah. question. At what point after you saw the X-Wing or at the point maybe you saw the X-Wing, did you realize it was Luke Skywalker? The minute it was a single X-wing and the in the the wings weren't in like fighting the the wings weren't in a attack position, mm-hmm. I was like, "This is this is Luke." And you recognized Red Five right away. Well, I didn't know that I recognized Red Five right away, but I was like, "This is Luke," right? And yeah. and and the the and the main reason was of all the people that we knew um, that were alive that had survived Order sixty six, Luke's the only one that we associate with an X-wing. Um, very much so but and that was i my... still was like that doesn't mean that it's a person we know totally right? and they very purposefully showed the x-wing on the security cam so you can't see that it's red and they very purposefully when they showed him with the lightsaber at white. first they show a black and white monitor there so you don't see that yeah. it's green but we see the cape and i'm still like okay so he's got a cape all jedi's got a cape and then when i saw that they went to the actual footage of the green lightsaber yep. and then and i was like okay this is luke and then there was the glove and i'm like definitely luke yep. and then there's the handle and then you're like oh super luke and uh and it's super cool to see how moff gideon freaks out yeah he is in full fear and then starts to gun down bo katan did not realize her armor could take the blast yep he guns her down immediately and then tries to kill himself um you know, like just well, he takes. A, don't forget, don't forget. He takes a shot. He takes a shot in Grogu's direction, and Din yeah. makes one of the most amazing goalie stretch saves. Oh, uh, for to, sure, he does. To his right, full diving. Uh, the the other thing too that just as a, an aside, like the little. So you know, we see villains with capes so often. Uh, other than than looking cool and identifying. Oh yeah, he used a, it as a villain. To cloak we, him. We don't see that, right? And so yeah. he he basically uses that cape to cover up that um, that officer's blaster. blaster that and and basically holds on to that so that until he's got what he thinks is is sort of his shot, mm-hmm. which you know given given what we know about Moff Gideon, him taking a shot at Bo Katan like that, I thought was kind of interesting because you know he, he you would think he would know that that's not going to hurt her armor, um, but but you know alas uh, he doesn't. And then that last sort of shot, like he's going to go ahead and, and off himself, much like in the heiress, uh-huh. right? When that the officer there has, he bites that whatever electric pill thing that killed yeah. him. Uh, so we are like, clearly, you know, we know that the the surviving remnants of the empire are a suicide cult. Um, but, you know, we <laughs> <laughs> well, it was great to, to watch him go like, well, you guys aren't going to get what you came here for. Yeah. And then it was just like he tried one by one. It was like Bo-Katan's not going to get what she came here for. And that was stopped. And then he's like, well, Din's not going to get the baby. So that was stopped. And then Cara Dune was like, well, you're not going to get me. And yep. that was stopped, too. And so I thought that was really brilliant. Also, smart, evil thing to do. Yeah. Of like, I'm going to at least destroy one of your missions. None of that worked out for him. Then we cut to an incredible down the hallway shot of Luke, much yeah. like hallway Vader scenes. Hallway Rogue scenes one. are the thing, man. Powerful, uh, powerful you, force wheel. If you're wielders. ever living in Star Wars and you and your friends line up against a hallway, just don't go in that hallway. Stop. Yeah. It doesn't end well for you. I've seen it happen with multiple Jedi's now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not a good way to go. Like whoever taught them the defense of line up against the hallway, bad idea. Well, 
and you know the 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 you'll hear this occasionally in in sort of fan theories and stuff right which is like well why would the why would the evolution of the dark trooper uh go through the progressions back to droids right because what we learned in uh episodes one two and three in the clone wars was that droids were inferior to clone troopers but if you think about the comment you know hey there's not a lot of jedis around so now that there aren't jedi the the droid yeah. supremacy really is kind of a way to go and we basically see luke just mow through an entire platoon of dark oh troopers. it's nothing for him it's like when you go through a video game and before you beat the boss you go back to the early levels to get experience yeah. he just mows through it and it's He's just, just one after the next and that is exactly that's an awesome reference by the way because to be able to go when you're high skilled and you can just mow down through uh, a sequence oh, exactly. that's it's so cool and then the, that last the last dark trooper that stands between Luke and the bridge the oh that, he gets crumpled like a cup rush man was like okay this is you know clearly we're seeing Luke in like his most powerful sort of state For sure absolutely and the and then the doors open. Yeah. Though everyone's terrified. But we clearly see where Din and the baby are both like, no, this is for me. Yeah. Like, well, Din clearly my knows what's here. Yeah. No, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh, they made the call. And so they're just like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, open it up. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, oh, no, we called him. He's a part of our <laughs> system. And so they open it up and he gets the classic. Every Jedi gets the classic walk in the room and then take their hood off. Oh, That's how so they introduce cool. him in every way. And so they did it again. We see his video game like face, but we also hear his theme song. It's clearly yes. him. He's wearing his Jedi uniform, which I know storytelling wise, there's no reason to do that except for the fact that it's iconic and we know it. And so that way yeah. we could tell immediately. And, uh, and then I noticed in the back, Bo-Katan standing because my first viewing, I thought she died. And so my second viewing was to see any proof of whether she did or did not die. Uh -huh, She's standing okay. very clearly in the back. Yep. And I was like, okay, good. She survived the blast. There's nothing that told us that later. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, the baby has to ask permission. Yeah, like, I thought we that got was... Got scared to go to Luke and was like, no, he just wants your permission. And that's when we see uh, him take off his mask in front of Grogu for the first time. Yes. I wasn't sure if it was the first time or not because he took it off in season one, episode eight. But that was only yes. in front of IG-11. It was only in front of IG-11, and and so then, in, in to our knowledge, right, the only people that had seen Din without his uh, helmet on were Migs in our last mm -hmm. episode, uh, and then, you know, the people the, <laughs> the people that are no longer living that were part of that Imperial yeah. uh, imperial platoon. <laughs> yeah, they just all, they all die. They all die. Migs is the only living one we know of, and now we got Grogu in that whole room full of people. Yeah. And, you know, including a couple of Mandalorians. You know, like, although they're the ones that are like, it's okay to take your helmet off. This is, you yeah. don't have to go by that creed. They're the ones that said that earlier in the season. So that was nice to see that. And then we get another cameo from R2-D2. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, his CGI face made him look perfect. <laughs> like he hasn't aged a day. <laughs> that, that R2 came in looking young as hell. <laughs> See, I was waiting for the quest complete, and then I wanted to see how much experience Din was going to get. And, you know, I didn't yeah, get like that. Yeah, like a video game for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mission complete. <laughs> but it was super cool to hear that music again. And then uh, 
I think that's well, what we have for the regular episode before we get. Into yeah, the, well, Din shaved, right? That would be the. That was yeah. Another... Actually, I wrote that that he, his mustache was gone, which yeah. is really his funny. Was gone. To lose a mustache. Yeah, and then the the other thing too, just as a, a passing aside here, is is we we talk about starship construction uh, a fair bit in our episodes. Um, I would say that this episode helped you palpably feel the idea that the bridge is a dead end, uh, and. Yes. And so maybe there should be some sort of way out uh, from the bridge. <laughs> so, you know, the- I'll tell you, they don't have what we have in Earth as far no. as fire exit laws. Yeah, uh, there would be no way that we would allow that as a fire exit. <laughs> and that is that is not what happened here. And it was really it was really cool to see Luke take uh, Grogu away before people complain about. But doesn't Ben Solo kill a bunch of people in Luke's temple? Yeah, that's 19 years away. So that's 19 years that Grogu could possibly leave. So we don't know that any of that's going to happen in my heart of hearts. He's not going to be in school for 19 years. He's not no. Tommy boy. No. So. So there we yeah. end the scene on that great scene, great sequence. And then all of a sudden there's no concept art like we have for the credits for None. all the rest of them. None. And I was like, where's the concept art? But listening to the music because I love it. And then well, we get really, really quick. I got a question for you because you know the music much, much better. So mm-hmm. they did Luke's theme when he comes in, mm-hmm. but there was an interlude to it that before, before they move into Luke's theme, did you recognize that interlude or was that something that they worked up? I did not. Okay. All right. Cool. I noticed that it was the same chord progression as Luke's theme. Okay. And it was kind of like, just like spacey guitar, but it wasn't, anything that i was familiar with because i was looking for it for a hint before we move away from um, the topic of music the the intro music before we really get to see that lambda shuttle under distress there was a there was a variation on the mandalorian theme at the very beginning did you do there's like a couple different uh okay because there was the very first scene where slave one's going we had a different version of the mandalorian thing okay. and then when din was in the hallways before he got to the dark troopers there was another one that kind of okay. had like a little more like actiony like terminator uh blade runner sort of vibe to it yeah yeah and that, okay cool and which and was really cool the well the the and then we didn't we didn't talk about this but um the the whole the whole suspense suspenseful um power-up sequence for the dark troopers um, had a had a super sci-fi 80s 90s um, sort of vibe to me as well but um, oh, for sure. set set by that kind of the the dramatic music in that too so really quick to- oh yo we also forgot to mention the the biggie for us is those dark troopers looked an awful lot like uh like they those- looked an awful lot like the hockey players in strange brew so now we we know that as a I'm result gonna consider this, strange brew canon Strange Brew's canon. If if TBS <laughs> reports can be canon, then uh, then the Dark Troopers as part of Brewmeister Smith's experiments. So yeah, as far as I'm concerned, out? those Dark Troopers mostly charge up to play some uh, exhibition games, eh? Totally, totally. He saw Jedi yeah. seventeen times, eh? <laughs> so I have to they were credit. probably all just charged down because it was in between periods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly man it's intermission uh yeah i have to credit my brother with the 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 uh observation that the dark troopers look an awful lot like the hockey players from uh 
from our 1982 favorite. But honestly, Strange outside Brew. of the Iron Man boots, that's what they most look like. Yeah, and a little bit of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> and so then we uh, we get to it. They, they show us the binary suns. They we were back on Tatooine, yeah. our Nebraska. We're back. Yes, we're and back. The Jabba's <laughs> palace. They show it, and I was like, "Oh, Jabba's palace, sure, sure, of course." And then they show internally, and we got Bib Fortuna, who's on the same diet as Boba Fett. Clearly, uh, clearly, yeah. he's he's been packing it on. He's he uh, he knows uh, Denny Green's uh, Denny Green's nutritionist. <laughs> yeah, what's crazy about it is I was just like. Well, why do they need to make him gain weight? Are they showing that he's more fetish because, or like huddish? Huddish, yes. like, but but being fat isn't the hut property. It's being the kingpin. It's being the big well, thing. I think it's kind of a nod to like a uh, uh, professor or not professor, a uh, president Taft, right? Like the you know living in excess leads to the the sort of for sure. That, yeah, no, that you are getting thing, that right? feeling that he's like lazy and drunken power. Yeah, but you're also seeing that the palace is pretty barren compared to the way we saw it in Return of the Jedi. So he's not living as yeah. prosperously as the hut is either. No, not at all, right? And you know the 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 notion well, the notion that that Bib Fortuna one makes this appearance at the end after all the thing off the t- huh? all the times I've brought up Bib Fortuna that was a, a Oh, I for sure was just like, oh, amusing. Andy's going to love this. Yeah, That's why uh, I sent you the thing. I sent yeah. it to you like, hey, you got to check out at the end. Not oh. even because they're showing a new series but because Bib Fortuna got a scene, it was a it was amazing. And then let's just let's just moment for you know capture the moment. The whole reason Bib Fortuna is alive is because of three PO, three PO taking over as Jabba's translator on the sail barge, and so oh. so like it's just a sort of like weirdness of you know like you know accept these two droids as a token of my appreciation. Like this uh-huh. little act of of. Luke giving these droids actually leads to Bib Fortuna taking over as like a crime boss uh, yeah. in, in this whole sequence. And then uh, and then if you listen to him talk, he drops a line that is now somewhat reviled amongst Star Wars fans. Yeah, McClunky. McClunky. Uh, <laughs> so this yeah, is McClunky was a great drop. Yeah, this was and, and it's at least there's at least a, I think three McClunkies, but I, I I could be wrong. Yeah, but first shown by Greedo. Yes. In the very first Star Wars. Is when Greedo gets shot, there is an audible McClunky. And supposedly this was a recent addition. Um like in the last couple of years, this this like wasn't always that it wasn't always that way. There was a couple of things Lucas did to the Star Wars trilogy before he handed it off to Disney. But Disney had never officially released it. Yeah. And when they released Disney Plus, McClunky was one of the notable things. Okay. It was a new addition. There's no good reason George Lucas added it. I think it's just for him to get his own kicks. It's hilarious, right? Yeah, exactly. He just threw in a McClunky to be like, this is the difference between what the Star Wars you have and the Star Wars I have. And so they threw in a McClunky from Big Fortuna. Uh, we see a lot of very familiar uh, species. Yes. Although I can't imagine many of them were the same that the one no. that Hut had himself. No, no. It's been. I mean, it's been. Some, it's been some time, right? So it's we're you know. Yeah. We, it's we're been five at least, years, of course. There was yeah. a lot of murder that happened there when Luke yep. was there, and so it is interesting to see him try to build something that looks very similar to what Hut had. He definitely loved what Hut had going, and he wanted his own. It's like his own Studio Fifty Four. Yeah. 
And then we, you know, like for me, right, we get, we get, we're getting this little interlude. It's this nice little play, right? Clearly, you know, uh, Fennec, Fennec and, and Boba are no longer part of their, um, their duty bound now that the child is, has been rescued. And for then sure. they start walking over that great. And then I'm like, oh man, are we going to get like, are we going to get a rancor scene as a tease? Right. Uh, and, and, you know, cause like, that's the first thing you're thinking, or at least me to, to me is like, well, don't walk on that. Great. Like, don't, you know, like you've been there before Boba, you've seen what happened. Yeah, it's true. I mean, to me, I, I thought he was going to ask for like the money, you know, like yeah. I don't think he was really officially paid for dropping off Han Solo. Yeah. And, and but, uh, but instead he just kills them and takes the yeah. throne. And now he's like in charge of the palace. It looks like. And Fennec grabs the blue drink that Spotchka had. Yep. Spotchka. She grabs that Spotchka, which is basically the the bourbon, the blue bourbon of Star Wars. For sure. And then they hit the Rocky Horror Picture Show pose. Yep. Perfect. And uh, we learned that Book of Boba Fett coming December 2021, which is also when they said they're releasing Mandalorian Season 3, which leaves me with a big question mark. Is it just going to be Mandalorian Season 3 is switching over to Boba Fett? Or is that a whole new series we don't know? And the answer to that right now is we don't know. Yeah, we don't know, right? There's lots of there's lots of directions um, that that things could go, and you know we we kind of outlined a little bit of what's going on on in the drama on the bridge, and that drama is interrupted by Luke's X-wing, uh, and so you know we have this situation of of Bo basically. Bo-Katan saying when they when they meet up at the bar, you know, you really need to seriously reconsider joining our ranks. Yeah. Uh, and then, you you know, gets this amazing uh, fair enough from Din at some point about, you yeah. know, like, just like, you know, okay, like, all right, I, I'm done, you know, kind of talking about that. So there, I think there's a number of ways that things can go in, in season three. Um, and, and they, we know that we know we're getting a season three. And then I believe that the that at least when it was discussed, there's there's they've been writing or planning a four season arc. Um, yeah, so, that's what so I heard too. Is after four seasons, it's done. Although yeah. it felt like it could be done right now. Yeah, and and I think there is definitely a completion of you know that, and that and that means maybe that we get another arc across two seasons as season three and season four. Um, so, you know, like in essence, not to, like I said, you know, we don't, we don't traffic in the predictions and rumors, but, but why did they tell, why did they tell the story of the siege of Mandalore in, you know, why was that important in season seven? Um, mm -hmm. And to me that, you know, like that maybe is, is a little bit of a, a significant hint of kind of where we're headed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think so. There's a couple of directions we can head. I'm excited for totally. all of them. I, yeah. I guess, We've both talked about it a couple of times, and stuff, so we don't really go too far down those roads. Yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. uncover the history, what you need to know to get through this. And uh, now that we've covered season two, yes, Andy and I are going to continue to cover season one, which is a backlog. And then I don't know what we're going to do in between here and there. We might know later. Yeah, I think we're going to do the 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 Fet book report, but I don't think Aaron likes that title. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that doesn't come out till 2021. I know, I know. What are we gonna do? So yeah, it it is. You know, it. it I don't. I don't know. Other than the. I don't, so we we joked about you know like the your your sister telling you she has ten child ch ten children on the way. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's not, I haven't seen anyone point out kind of which of those are we going to see, you know, like which of those are we going to see? None of them really have release dates. 2021. Today's day and where the pandemic can shut down any production at any given moment. There's no way to even predict. So it's like, all right, cool. I guess uh, you'll just, maybe by the end of the first season, Andy and I have a different update on it. Or we just don't hear from us for a little while until Star Wars gets released. Totally. The indefinite answer is until we get another Star Wars to even try to come across that bridge, which well, we now learn bridges thing, are dead ends. There's one thing that we we had talked about a little bit of of so you know we're going to go back and do season one because we hadn't started doing the podcast mm-hmm. then. Um, we do know I think it's on the 29th. Is my fault totally? I 100 mm-hmm. percent take that is and I I have let you all down and dear listener I am very sorry about that, uh, but. We know we're going to get a second season of the gallery for Mando. So that's like the, mm-hmm. that's the, that's next week. That's in, is it next week or I thought it was a 29th? Next week. Is it next 25th. week? Oh, yeah. Friday. So it is, it's going to so be like, it'll be like a digital Christmas gift that we can mm-hmm. unwrap. Awesome. So, you know, we will at least have that as something, uh, whether or not we do like kind of a, you know, favorite bits out of the, I don't think we we're going to do a breakdown on every episode of that, but you know, maybe there's a, there's a one episode in like, why would you watch this? Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's, a <laughs> there's potentially a lot of rewatch value or watch value. I should say for folks that haven't watched rebels and such, um because of everything that sort of has happened in season two for sure and so that would be the you know one kind of thing so you know if if there are uh if there are little bits and pieces on you know you know what you know i jokingly told you i was going to give you my uh why to watch the rebels um uh breakdown that might be a podcast why you why you think we should watch rebels yeah um we'll see Anything else you want to throw in about this, Andy? Not at all, man. I am 100% satisfied. 10 Perfect. out of 10 okay. would recommend. 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> I'm going to give this 9 out of 10 in the bar DDTs. Yeah. Um, it was really satisfying. But for some reason, because the other ones gave us something to look forward to, and this one doesn't, I'm like, oh, I'm too satisfied. Yeah, like yeah, there's they're definitely and, because and, I'm walking away and I'm not like oh I need to come back here. I'm like okay with there being like a year between because it actually resolved. Yeah, which is crazy. I've never felt this feeling towards Star Wars before. Yeah, like a fully satisfied resolution. I'm sitting there just smiling about it. It was super cool. I'm gonna <laughs> CGI my own face. I think in honor of it. So. Nine out of ten DDTs in the bar, but ten out of ten CGI'd my own face on my own face. I hope they do a gallery about deep faking Luke Skywalker. That would be pretty. It comes out that they just use the Reface app. I'm fine with that. I would love it if the Reface logo showed up every scene he was in, just in the corner. <laughs> I feel like Disney Plus couldn't pay for the. Yeah, they were like, no, six dollars. We won't let you license it. You have to give us the. You have to give us the watermark. For sure. All right. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Um, is this the way, Andy? Definitely. Mm-hmm.